Welcome to Day One Patch, episode 254. Yeah. Matt, you're sitting in a new location? I'm sitting in Adriano's spot. Our basement's been raided. They stole and our stuff. What's hilarious is, is it was, this is a weird, this is like a bit of a weird, bit of a weird, like, triangle of, like, knowing people, I guess. But it's like, your band members took your band equipment <laughs> to go to a wedding, which is for the brother of that band member, and I'm in the wedding party of the groom, <laughs> obviously. I'm in the wedding party of the groom, and I helped unload your your equipment without you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came from that event to here to record. So it's been one hell of a day. Been of a weird small world, one might say. Yeah. All right, Matt. It's been what? A week or two since E3? Yeah. Um how you feeling? I don't I literally like don't really remember it already. Yeah. And it and people might say it was due to Sony. I I actually disagree with that. I think it was because like the actual other conferences weren't. Actually, I'd say one. Of, it's one of two things. First of all, the games weren't that great and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But also, people because because I don't know whether it was because of Sony or like around the time Sony pulled out, <clears throat> media and stuff like that were kind of reporting or like at least chatting about how E three was dead. And so I wonder if like people were like, "Oh, E three is dead. Let's not do much." Like I wonder if it kind of killed the vibe almost. I don't know whether I don't know whether it was the media actually. I shouldn't say that, no, or I whether think, it was just the people. I think it killed the vibe. It kind of killed the vibe, right? And so uh, I was like, "Well, this is dead, so I'll just watch it." But like, whatever. And I even EA being like a separated thing, you know. I know it was still they still had like a little talk show thing going on. Yeah, and it's around the E three time, but just having it, knowing it's separate, you know, is weird to me. Um, and then. Apparently, like the, according to the press who was there, like there was just places that were just empty in E3. Because Sony would take up a massive portion of that show. Oh floor, yeah, right. Yeah, and with that gone, it's like it was apparently pretty empty. The one guy who's been going, I, I can't remember the exact number, but let's say like sixteen years or whatever. He said that for the first time, <clears throat> for the first time, he never went into that hall where where Sony was. Like never even touched it this year, and he did every, every other year. But like, was there actually anything even else there? Maybe they maybe they put in some smaller games or smaller devs or something. Maybe there was the Devolver Digital Conference. Mm-hmm. I did not watch that one. That was, I, think, I don't even know who Devolver is. I think that was pre-recorded, and it was uh, it was a weird conference. Like, uh, t- to be fair, I literally was in and out of the room repeatedly, uh, and it was just kind of on in the background. But every time I came back, like people were being yelled at, and like people were trying to pretend <laughs> to be CEOs and stuff. Like it was really <laughs> it was really weird. Anyway, uh, stop, top stories for this week include uh, the Avengers. Uh, game from uh square enix uh the, there's been a lot of controversy over their character design and they have said that they are not going to be changing that so we'll be discussing that a bit a new report comes out that nintendo switch um has new models that are now in production so we've been he- hearing like rumors of a new mo- model coming out what does production mean does that mean they're stamping them out actually like creating them now yeah like they're done yeah but they haven't so. revealed them isn't we, that isn't that weird not necessarily is it not? No. Isn't that weird? That's weird. Well, you, there's 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 more to the story than just that it's in production. Okay. They had to move it out of China because of the tariffs. Oh, here we go. So, and they said it wasn't going to be revealed at E3. So they're, they're apparently talking about it. It's weird. That, that's a weird situation. It's almost like they, they pigeonholed themselves where they're like, we're not going to talk about this at E3, but then could have and kind of wanted to and then didn't because they said they didn't <laughs> and then started making them. It's strange that they're making them. 
And as a result, because there's probably like well over a thousand made, I would assume, because they're probably made rather rapidly. Well, it's strange that it's not done. Like, or it has, sorry, hasn't been leaked, rather. Oh, yeah, that's true. Isn't that weird? Yeah. This is a weird situation. <laughs> I mean, it's been leaked that they've been working on new consoles. And we even know kind of what they're like. Yes. Uh, we'll see if those that turns out to be true or not, but... Um, I estimate it is the 3DS replacement. One of the models could be that. Because mine's pretty much a 3DS replacement. Yeah. Also, Nintendo is evaluating the game streaming technology. <coughs> they're the only ones who really haven't kind of commented on that but nintendo is not known for following the tech trends per se correct so and also uh, fortnite and ea bosses have appeared at the uk government to defend loot boxes and microtransactions as far as that fortnite was there like i mean i've never played save the world but as far as i know i think that's the only place that loot boxes actually are if that if if i'm even reading it correctly it's like they're llamas or something well uh, they're also talking about microtransactions, which I guess you could technically say that the skins are microtransactions. Those are microtransactions, yeah, that most definitely. Well, the skins aren't, but the 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 money or the credits or whatever the in-game currency but is. At the end of the day, here though, one is the like when you convert your money into V bucks, the only thing you can buy is those things. So therefore, you know, yeah. But I would, but Adriano says that like DLC is something that you continuously have, so you always have that skin. But it's the currency that's the actual microtransaction. You know what I'm saying? But then then I would argue or like put up the question of, and I don't really know if I have the answer to this, but would it, if what if it's something as small as horse armor? Like I understand that was an old kind of joke and that was like way back in the day before this kind of stuff blew up. But like if that came out today, is that not a microtransaction? And then technically speaking, mm-hmm. back then you were buying it with Microsoft points, which then eventually just became dollars. Yeah. But like cut the, like, okay, let I, that's probably a perfect example. There were microtransactions in the era of Microsoft points. If you cut out Microsoft points, do do those things not become microtransactions? Well, I think, again, I'm going off of Adrian's definition, which, which I kind of agree with, that if you keep that item and it's permanent, it is technically downloadable content. Because that, that but best But mi- microtransactions are, are downloadable content. No, the microtransactions are when you buy gems so you have energy to, to continue playing a mobile game you're saying it has to be consumable yeah i don't think that i don't think you should pigeonhole like that because i'm not trying to pigeonhole anything i'm just saying that microtransactions to me are the consumables otherwise you're just buying dlc but but then which we've always done and had no problem with you know i'm fine with dlc and or like expansion packs as they used to be called back in the day i'm fine with that especially like people want expansions and dlc for like like red dead but if Red Dead comes out and sells me a belt, like a new gun belt, for ten dollars, that's micro. Like let's hypoth. I know it's through gold, or whatever. Like uh, it's through the gold bars online. Mm-hmm. But let's hypothetically say let's let's just take the gold bars out of the equation and put it towards, and let's just say it was you know in the store for whatever reason. So there was a belt I could buy a gun holster. Yeah. Gun belt. Yeah. So why is it that that gun belt is not a microtransaction just because I took it out of the gold bar thing? Like it, like what I'm trying to get at is, if we're complaining about microtransactions, we're complaining that they're predatory and or like they've cut it. Like there's always the argument that they've cut it from the game and then they're re-adding it and trying to make more money from it. Right? They're trying to make more money from the Which game. Which I actually disagree with. But but like I think, le- I think they now separately plan what's going to be sold as DLC. But I don't think they ever say, "Oh, this item's really cool that we were designing for the game. Let's cut it out and make it a microtransaction." But even then, they may they may even if that's true. 
see this this is where I this is where I disagree with your guys thing is because to me when we're talking about microtransactions in general it's more predatory or at least it has a bad vibe to be as, as like microtransactions are predatory that that would be like a vibe you get from them right because mm-hmm. people complain about them all the time it's not it's no less predatory if they just charge me 250 for it because even if even if red dead i don't know if red dead for some reason only had one gun belt in the whole game and then they didn't actually plan a second gun belt that second gun belt could still be considered predatory because they could have said, all right, guys, in this game, we're going to have a gun belt upgrade system. Only make one gun belt. Well, I then they finish the game, they ship it, and then they go, all right, let's talk about the gun belt. Like, like we're, we're fighting logistics I don't here. think I don't think the, the words we use to describe these things are predicated on whether they're predatory or not, though. No, but what, I, what, trans- I, what I'm trying to do is I'm not is trying simply, to create a... It's simply something you, you have... It's like quickly... Buying stuff. I would actually say microtransactions are slower in your definition. No. I have to, I have to purchase a currency to then purchase See, the item. No, you're combining the two. Here's the thing. Okay. If I need to buy a gun belt with in-game currency. Yeah. And I have to buy that in-game currency with the real money. Yeah. Okay. The microtransaction is buying the in-game currency, and which you then use to buy DLC. I disagree with that. But that's exactly what you do. I, I would say that microtransactions are DLC. But they're micro, they're small, one gun belt. But then, okay, not let's not say, not a gun belt as a part of a new story campaign. But let's let's say like a new story campaign comes out for Red that's Dead. That's DLC. That's not microtransaction. Why isn't that a microtransaction? Because it's not it's not micro. It's not small. A microtransaction but, is a quick is a quick one off like thing. But in game currencies can be like one hundred and forty nine dollars. What? That's not micro. No, 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 no. Micro is not the amount of price. Micro is what you're getting. In my I opinion. disagree with that definition. It's my. It's a micro. Then it should not be called micro micro uh, transaction. Well, wait one second here. What are you talking about? That's one forty nine. You can buy. You can buy like ten thousand gold in like so a. So you're saying you're saying the instant the price goes to a certain. So you're, you're fighting. No, logistics. no, I'm not. I'm not saying. You're not that. saying that. No. Okay. Well, then we're on the same page then, right? No, I'm saying microtransactions is is saying stuff that is consumable. I, so something no, something you quickly buy to use in game. That's outrageous because if no, if you think about this, if you if you. A prime example is actually Blades, okay? So I do the Google Play surveys, or whatever they're called, for Google Rewards, Opinion Rewards, whatever they're called, and I get, like, Google Play credit, right? Mm-hmm. So oftentimes in Blades, they'll be like, hey, the, you know, this chest that was, you know, I don't know, it's 50% off, and I'll have enough Google Play credit to cover it. So I'll be like, all right, I'll, I'll buy that. That's fine. You know, it's free money, essentially. I answered a couple surveys. So I buy that chest. That chest is a consumable, right? I consume the chest. It's a loot box. Gives me random items. It gives me a piece of armor. Now, I can choose to keep that piece of armor forever, but chances are, eventually, I'm going to consume it because I'm going to level up past it and have better armor down the line. Now, is that armor a piece of DLC or is it a microtransaction? See, to me, you guys are fighting logistics. Consuming isn't just, will I have it forever and it will always permanently be there? If I buy a piece of armor and I destroy it in the game, yeah, it's still I, I I could choose not to do that and have that armor forever. So then loot boxes are not microtransactions then. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't say so. That's that's outrageous. I think that's outrageous. <laughs> it's not outrageous. It's an opinion of the definition. <laughs> that how is that how is that how is that even the. the in my opinion, this this is how it went. It went like games came out, like games just straight up came out, right? Yeah. We had games come out. We should probably move on because we're gonna get stuck on this. But <laughs> games came out, and then and then you know slowly we had larger DLC at the time on PC called expansion packs, right? 
Then we started getting more online functionality, let's say 360 era. And I'm, and I'm generalizing this. You know, some stuff may have came out earlier before, but I'm just talking in general from my experience. Games came out and it was fine, right? Mm-hmm. You would occasionally have DLC, okay, that came out for stuff. And Oblivion is a good example of that, where you would have things like, you would have things like the, like the Shivering Isles and like big things like the Knights of the Nine and stuff like that. Now, I don't know what you would dictate, what you would call horse armor, because it was kind of a joke at the time. It's kind of a meme now, so I don't really know what you'd classify that. Right. But like that's deals, like, like the, the big boys, the Shivering Isles and the Knights of the Nine, those are big, those are expansions. Mm-hmm. But me going into Fallout 76, for example, and then purchasing, uh, the purchase of the Atoms is, is irrelevant. The purchase of the Atoms is, is a microtransaction in and of itself. But to me, the whole thing is an encompass is an encompassed microtransaction. Me buying a random suit or like the plan to buy, like I bought the w- with Adams I earned, but like I purchased the Nuka Cola backpack skin, right? Yeah. So that that to me is a microtransaction. I'm not getting a piece of major content with it. I just find it odd that it is a micro transaction. Yes. I just find it odd that we went from an era where microtransactions wasn't even a word, right? And yeah. you were still buying micro things, and yet it was called DLC. Somewhere down the road, we switched it to microtransaction. Take the Rock Band, for example. When Rock Band was out, I never called those songs microtransactions. I called them DLC. And it was I think they literally said DLC on them. See, I think I think I think what the thing is with that is there are certain cases that are different. Like you can buy packs of songs in those games, or you can buy individual songs. But the whole point of that game is little, literally little tidbits of, of of songs, little tidbits of information, essentially. Right. That's that's what that's what that game is created out of. But I think they're now saying that microtransactions are more irrelevant things you can buy in the game. Things like things like um, cosmetic items that cosmetic don't, items. don't do anything apart from change your look whereas like a full like the wastelanders update i know you don't know it's i know it's free but the wastelanders update is a big dlc pack that you get for free yes but that's exactly what i'm trying to say i think that's exactly what i'm trying to say is that is that you would not call the wastelanders dlc a microtransaction even if if even if it was even if you had to purchase it with atoms you wouldn't you wouldn't call it a microtransaction Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that a micro is literally something small. Like, I don't know exactly where the line is, to be clear. Right. Right? Like, if you gave me a whole bunch of prices, I couldn't really tell you. I don't know if the industry knows where the line is. sometimes it's easy, though. It's like, one gun belt, that's a microtransaction. One backpack, one backpack skin, that's a microtransaction. A pack of backpack skins, also a microtransaction. Yeah. A whole section of the world with, like, three quests and, like, a whole bunch of, like, other stuff I can get, like, new creatures and stuff. Yeah. That's a DLC. I think that's where the predatory stuff comes in. It is where the predators when, when you're paying sure. $5 for a useless item. Yes. Which is hugely inflated if you add up the price of it in, when it's in the game as well. So you get like a set of like, let's say, five horse armors in the game, but you get a whole other game with it for $70. But a standalone horse armor is five dollars. See, like that, yeah. See, that's it's, that's it, crazy. That that's ridiculous. Yeah. That Vault Tech pack I bought again with earned atoms <laughs> in the game. Um, that thing would have been that thing would have been well over fifteen dollars, well over fifteen dollars. Like I bought it on sale and everything. But let's say base price not on sale, mm-hmm. and I don't have any atoms. I need to purchase atoms for real dollars. That's well over fifteen dollars from my recollection. That's outrageous. Yeah. 
All right. Um, what's new with you, Matt? I just got my canvas bag for Fallout 76. Oh, you, it finally came just, in? just came in today. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just un- unboxed it. The box was an absolute... It's a real-life microtransaction. Shambles. No, well... Fuck. <laughs> but they, the box was an absolute shambles. Like, I don't think it was Bethesda's fault or whoever. Like, whoever the fuck it was used that thing like a football. Like, it was smashed, and I couldn't open it, and it was all bent. But it's like, you know when, like, a cardboard box gets, like, hit around and stuff, like, gets jostled normally? Like... It, you can just tell it's kind of like dinged and whatever. But when a cardboard box undergoes trauma, it's like the structure is bent. And so it's like still a box, but it's like triangular sometimes and stuff. Like it went from rectangular to triangular in some sections. Well, was there any support in it or was the bag just literally in the, the box? bag was in a plastic bag inside? Now, and that was admittedly, it? it's like it's a bag. So it's going to be, I mean, it's material <clears throat> canvas. Um, I think it looks good. I don't know. I saw some YouTube video that said it was bad. I thought it looked good. So they're already complaining about the canvas bag that they com- that they had to complain about not yeah, getting. I looked fine to me. I, I don't know. I opened it up. Looked like a canvas bag. Logo looked nice. I'm curious canvas if bag. they would have complained if there wasn't an issue prior. Probably not. Yeah, I think they're now looking for things to complain about. I had to, I had to wait all this time for the the bag, and then you finally get it, and it's crap. Like it's not it's not going to be the greatest canvas bag. Like I'm not going to be actually carrying something around, but I'm probably going to replace the plastic one and put my actual. Uh, helmet mm-hmm. inside of the, the canvas one like that's to me that's fine like I literally don't have a complaint about it and I'm, yeah. ha- I'm glad they did it so that's it I got, yeah. a, I got a free canvas bag <laughs> also also have not been playing Days Gone and have been playing Fallout 76 we've been playing a lot of Fallout 76 so I don't know whether we mentioned this last time because I don't know whether it was done but one of the times I don't know maybe a show or two ago we met, we were talking about how I, I, need, I had some quote unquote timed objectives or time to trophies in Fallout 76. One of them being I had to do the Queen. One of them, another one being I had to do the Nuke, which I thought was going to require multiple people. Now, the reason why I say it's timed is because I didn't want the community to die and not be able to do these massive, you know, kill the Queen is like a massive event. You need a bunch of players and crap. So, like, I didn't want that to happen. You know, I didn't want the community to die. And then me, I could certainly summon the Queen, but then... Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a couple. There was the Monster Mash event that was versus. I thought you would have to have multiple people in there. That's all. That was also incorrect. So I I nailed out a bunch of stuff. I solo launched a nuke, <laughs> um, with like really shitty power armor, by the way. So I I solo launched a nuke at the Fissure Prime site, and then um the the queen showed up, and it took us about twenty minutes to take her down. Like most a bunch of the server went. Like I server hopped until I found a bunch of high levels. In the servers, kind of look, looked at everyone's icon, and then a bunch of us showed up, and it was fucking awesome. Like, if <laughs> I mean, it, it had really bad frame rate, which kind of <laughs> sucks. Um, but yeah. like, if the game was smooth, like it was awesome. The low levels were running around with melee or like like lesser guns, and they were killing all the like because it's like a scorched thing, mm-hmm. right? So like you know, scorched are being spawned, and other scorched creatures like scorched uh, mire alerts and crap like that it were all spawning. So they were kind of handling those mostly for us. And all the big boys, and I was one of them, we were all in power armor, and we had, like, huge guns. So when I launched the nuke, it gave me a Gatling plasma, and I also have a two-shot Gatling gun. And so I used all my ammo for the Gatling gun, and then I went switched to the Gatling plasma, and that just, like, slowly, but, like, obviously melted her health. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. It was like a boss where their health is going down so slow, and then you switch guns, and you notice, like, you can actually see the health drop a little mm-hmm. bit. So the Gatling plasma really helped, but it eventually broke because it, it was low, low condition when I got it. But um, I didn't think we were going to be able to do it. I think you get 25 minutes to do it. And, like, her health went down to about half. And then because she's a legendary, she, her health regenerates all the way to full. Yeah. Which kind of pisses me off. I kind of wish that the health bar was just, lo- like, bigger. Like, that's what it, I don't like that it heals. Because there's no way to stop it from healing. 
Well, it's kind of just like other bosses in other games that you beat down their health and then it levels back up. I think I would just like it be displayed maybe as a second health bar, even, or like an armor we have to break. I think that would just be... But you can see the stars, so you know it's going to happen. Yes. Um, but yeah, we killed her, um, and so I got so I banged out the I Am Become Death achievement uh, trophy, which is uh, launching the nuke. Then I... And that's actually a story quest, too. Yes, it's like the... I mean, spoiler alert, but like it's the final Enclave quest. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's done. I killed, there's like, like, so I launched a nuke, killed the queen. So there's two, two done. And then I also did the monster mash. So that's done. And I have some, and so now everything is not timed. So I have some, I have to start a new character and do those because I have a couple of trophies that didn't come in because I was past them in the bait. Like I played the beta till like level 11 or something. And then I move my character over. So then I don't have like the get level 10 and stuff like that because I got that in the beta, which mm-hmm. didn't have trophies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to go back and do those, which is whatever, no big deal. But uh, everything it's is not... a weird ton- oversight though. Well, some of, the, some of my trophies popped and I'm wondering whether it was a glitch or whether it was whether only quest ones popped, like whether it checked my quest log but didn't check anything else, like whether that was by design. I don't, I don't know if it was what it was, but um, basically now it's no longer a time thing. That, that was what I was worried about. Mm-hmm. I no longer need the community. I have some weird ones where it's like um, hack, or not hack, I already did that one too, so I did the hacker one too. I have to do like read a certain amount of magazines and stuff, just tidying, and I have to get to level 100. That's the big boy. And so I'm level 85 or 86. And I was level 76, I think, actually, when I launched the nuke. So I am moving along quickly, and I looked up a guide on how to level up faster because I've just been doing kind of passively. And so I have like a better idea of what kind of gives me the most experience because I didn't really pay attention before because I didn't care. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start doing that. But you and I have been really playing a lot of 76 lately. I, um, <clears throat> I was doing what I thought was a simple event. Mm-hmm. I was herding some uh, Brahmin around. Oh, God. With the with the dingling thing? Yeah. And the Sheep Squatch showed up. A Sheep Squatch showed up? I've never seen a Sheep Squatch other than a corpse. Level 53 star. Oh, my fuck. I did about 164th damage to it. Damn it. And it killed me. Fuck. <laughs> and what pissed me off is that event is in like a very low level area. That's there's the like, Savage there's Divide. Like, there's it's like this... level fives running around. The Savage Divide <laughs> is really weird. And so that uh, that was not fun. I I question that game's balancing sometimes, but every time I find myself questioning its balance, I'm always in the savage divide. <laughs> and and so what I think is maybe happening is is it's literally the melding point of low and high level area. Like forest is a low level area, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. The north part, I always forget what it's called, but it's like where Grafton is. That area, that's like mid, I'd say, and like not mid like fifty or like you know twenty five, like mid like. I'm no longer a total like noob, so I'm gonna go do some real quests. Like so, yeah. maybe like level twelve or something. <coughs> and then like the Grafton and Charleston, or not Grafton, uh, Charleston and the Ash Heap. Those are kind of variable a little bit as well. Like Charleston's pretty easy, but the Ash Heap has some hard parts. But it's like obvious. It's like that's a big facility. It's probably fucked. Yeah. Um, but like the the Savage Divide is the hardest. Like they, I've only ever seen one Sheep Squatch body. I've never actually. I didn't. I didn't know how to summon a Sheep Squatch. Yeah. Like a proper one. Uh, I'm not sure if the event did it or not. No, um, it summons an Assaultron, which is like an imposter. And you have to, and like as you do the event over and over again, because it actually pings the whole server when it comes up. If you do the event successfully, you actually get 
different things like plans and stuff like that. So you know that gun we got, that unique gun that we got from the quest. Mm-hmm. It was like level thirty five. That's garbage to me. I got rid of it. <laughs> but you can get the plan. It's like a, drop, a percent chance. So there's like one of the rewards is getting a, a white wolf fedora. So I got that the first time. Then you can, you can get the plan for that gun, and then you can get other things too, like the pieces of the sheep squatch armor. I think or not. I don't know if it's armor or just like a costume. But you can get different rewards for doing that over and over again, which is kind of the the benefit of doing it. Um, it killed it killed my Brahmin. Yes. Well, <laughs> I went to that place to to kill fox to kill like foxes because uh, foxes always spawn there, mm-hmm. that barbecue place. I never did that quest before, so I was like, oh cool. So I like was hurting my Brahmin or whatever, and I got right to the end, and um, a Yagwai, a Death Claw, like, and one of them was glowing. One of them was all eighty. <laughs> And and something else came in. I think it was a Myrlurk, and they started fighting. Saw the Brahmin and just fucking ripped the Brahmin to pieces. Like I couldn't do anything. And that's when I ran out of Simpax because I was trying to like protect oh. the damn Brahmin. But like, what's super interesting though, like now you mentioned that, is I think maybe you, that's what you and I should be doing, is going up and down the Savage Divide mm-hmm. because you're not quite as high level as me, and I'm not like a super amazing player either. But there seems to be a lot of stuff and a decent amount of challenge. That's probably the best place for us to level up. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd estimate. I think uh, I think you kind of did me a disservice when we started the game because you you'd put so many hours in it ahead of me, and so whenever I played with you, you were taking me to these high level areas, and I was getting screwed over. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I because if you actually do the quests in order, it does take you through like a gradual leveling up path, so you're somewhat ready for those areas. But I was going into some pretty pretty heavy areas without being ready. <laughs> well, there's a weird thing I had where no ammo. It, like it, it seems to like sp- I don't know if it does, still does this, but when the game first came out, for sure, it seemed to spawn. The enemy is based on the level. And so sometimes I'd find myself going into an area where people were like, that's a high level area. And I would go there and it's like no one has been around for a while. You know, high levels. Mm-hmm. So like I would spawn there and there'd be like reasonable levels, like little 10s or something. So I could fight them. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I'd go to a place, even if I was like level 50 and like a level 98 would be there. And I'm going to get my ass kicked because I'm a fresh level 50. Yeah. I haven't like tweaked my character and stuff. No. So. All right. Turned out to be a good game. It's pretty fun. Um, I got a new quest, actually. Uh, remember found, I was, I was, yeah, so like I, I <laughs> so I actually did have some quests. I don't know that server was fucked when I was mes- when I messaged you about the fact that I had no quests. Mm-hmm. So I do have a few, not very many, but I have a new one now. Uh, so I got the I got my first possum badge, and then when I was doing that, these prison marshals came after me and they started ki- trying to kill me, and so I like picked up the arrest warrant and then I have to go to that prison that you and I were in mm. because apparently there's something going on where I'm a wanted man now. So playing Red Dead now, playing Red Dead, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's hop into the stories. Um, yeah, so the Avengers game that uh, was announced at E3, um, getting a lot of backlash, similar to the Sonic uh, backlash, where people were upset with the design. Now the developers are aware of this, um, but they are not going to be changing the character's design, unlike the Sonic movie. But they did, however, say that um, it's it's, it's pre alpha that footage. And that the textures and 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 like, um, it will have like more level of detail and have overall polish when it releases. There was something; it almost had like the soap opera effect on it. Everything was kind of soft. Everything's too new, yeah, or something. Yeah, something weird about it. And I'm 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 a little upset by people being upset with this. Well, that's kind of funny, but um. They don't like that it doesn't look like the movie heroes, right? But this isn't a, this isn't the Avengers movie game. 
No. This is the Avengers. Like, that is not Tom Holland in the Spider-Man game. No one got upset that he didn't look like the, the Tom yeah, Holland. Yeah, I found it weird that Tom Holland, like, that it wasn't, that, he, that that same thing, that no one got thought that, like, the actor should have been Tom Holland in the yeah. Spider-Man game. Yeah. Unless this reached a broader audience because it's the Avengers. Maybe. And so people were like, hey, why doesn't it look like the Avengers I know from the movie? You know? But this is completely separate. This is not, has nothing to do with the movies. But you're right, though. It's like, if for some reason, even the voiceover was bad, I think. People are upset with the voice, voiceovers, yeah. No, not not the voiceover, like, from, from the Avengers themselves. I'm talking about, like, the, it's supposed to be, like, the, that, like, woman that's saying, like, the Avengers used to be the best. Remember, when I grew up, the Avengers oh. were awesome. They threw a big parade or, like, whatever the hell yeah. it was. I think that's a bad way to present it. Like that's a really corny way to present it, <laughs> and I feel like they, I feel like the, like a, I feel like that plays into the soap opera effect because soap operas are kind of like notoriously corny, and they have this weird, I don't even know what the hell you call it, some weird filter on them or something. Where everything's soft. Everything's like, super there's soft. No, there's no hard edges or anything. It's like there's no clarity to it really. And everything's super glossy. It's almost like these are the new Avengers or something. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Yeah. I don't. There's something. There's something with you know. You know what's a good, um, good comparison. And so this is a spoiler for Infinity War, like the last movie. To be clear, that's the last movie, right? I always get the damn name. Uh, no, the last one no. is Endgame. Endgame. Damn it. So this is this is a spoiler for Endgame, a small one. But do you remember like you know how like they all the Avengers have their suits, like they all have their costumes, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of like you know, they're known and they're not necessarily all ripped. Like you know, you're not all they're not all ripped and like all the shreds. But they almost look like they're battle hardened and like they've been to battle and like they've used that armor more than once. Yeah. The only person that's ever like super shiny is is Iron Man because his suit like generates or some crap, right? But he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I kind of got the vibe that these Avengers were almost like as if someone had just cracked them out of the box, like out of like their <laughs> like, out of their action figure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put them into like some virtual world and then they, like it was a brand new toy. It's like there's no scratches, no dings. The suits aren't like really gritty. It's like they just they look like freshly pressed. And I understand they were at like some, you know, gala or something, but they felt, I feel like that was a bad way to present the game. They should have like just shown like a really gritty scene where the Avengers get like attacked or they attack or something rather than this weird, I think that's a weird scene that like parade thing. And I'm sick and tired of the goddamn heroes falling thing. (laughs) I'm just sick of it. Yeah. I think it's just the fact that they looked too similar. They looked like off-brand Avengers, and that's what that's what I think really tripped people up. Is I think if they took like their own design and made them look completely different, give them brand new suits, give them brand new uh, hairstyles, you know, but they just look so close, but not quite close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's why people are drawing the comparison. I think. Well, the thing is, is they, like they might if- be like. I don't think they look that close. That's actually something I disagree with. But if you if you glance at them, they look like the Avengers. I know they are the Avengers. But I think it's because of the suits. Like the suits are going to be, if you if you took, but the comic book characters still look good, but they don't look like the movie characters, apart from Nick Fury, who looks exactly like Sam Jackson. But like <laughs> like take take uh, this is another Endgame spoiler. So like take the and it's really minor. Take the time travel suits, though. Even though the Avengers are dressed up in the time travel suits, you know what the Avengers look like. Mm-hmm. I would say that if you took these exact actors and put them into not not the not the same time travel suits, but like a shiny new suit of some sort, just dress them up in formal wear, normal formal wear. I don't think you would say those look like the Avengers. 
Maybe not. Yeah. The, what I think. What I think the problem the is, is I think and, and I think the costume slash the suit is is too much of a correlation. Yes. I don't know. If you if, if they tried to make like Tony Stark look like Tony Stark, it looks like a cosplayer. But it still does look like a cosplayer. But I don't know if you can affect that. I don't think you can. I don't know if you can escape that. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they could have done. I feel bad though. Like like this this team is probably probably working pretty hard on this. They're they probably, probably were ex- super excited. They're probably excited because they have a, a Marvel title and the Avengers no less. And then everyone's like, that doesn't look good. <laughs> you know. The thing is though is like I think I think it comes down to is it going to play good? Yeah. And we're still we got a lot of questions on what you actually do in this game. There's a single player component, I guess we know like a story based one, but they also there's an online co op component of some sort. So they they were kind of hazy on that stuff too. Like they said, Sony's going to bring something to the table. Like the PlayStation version is going to bring something to the table. It has to be my opinion. It has to be Spider Man. I think everyone's because they, yeah. they own it. They own it. But like, are they going to use the Insomniac Spider Man? Probably not. And then that's then even that's weird because like that that's like a refreshed character again. That, that's weird. I don't know. I think they might actually do that. They might bring the Insomniac one over. It was not necessarily the Insomniac one. I think. Well, like, like I mean, that that's a, the easiest way to reference. Unless, him. unless in the in the paperwork somewhere, like like Sony or Marvel has the rights over that look, they could probably bring it to wherever else they want. Who knows? I don't know how those deals work out. Like when they, I think when they, they should give have... Insomniac the Spider-Man deal. Right. <clears throat> do they have creative license over the look of that character of that specific version of Spider-Man? I don't. I think Marvel might still have that. I don't know. Uh, uh, you think that Marvel, ha- like Sony, doesn't own the game rights? I know Sony has the movie rights or something. I'm not really sure what the whole deal is. Like, I don't know the intricacies of the Spider-Man deal with Sony. I'm, I'm just saying uh, this was a deal with Marvel. Marvel went to Sony for, with this project. Yeah. And it just so happened that they chose Spider-Man. They let them choose what hero. Sony has the movie rights to Spider-Man, and so it just like kind of looks like it's a Sony deal. Oh, I got you. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is, is like, does Marvel own the game Spider-Man? I don't know. That's the or question. That's the question. Yeah. Well, mm. let me ask you this, and 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 this might be. I don't know whether this would be cruel to the voice actors or, or the people who are scanned in. Maybe it is, but I'm going to say it. Is is there a benefit to 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 having that not be the movie ones? You could so not easily. I was just going to say so easily, <laughs> but you we have the technology to scan the actors in, and then they can modify them to age and everything else. They don't need to scan them in again. You mean, the, you mean the voice actors or the movie actors? No, the real like, like Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. For one day, get one of you get each of them. Bang, 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 bang. You just scan in their faces, and you can. But that's the thing, though. This is not a MCU game. This is a Marvel game. They're separate. But is again, is there a benefit to not having the same design? Because people are going to play this because of the MCU. Yeah. So. Like I mean, people are probably going to get confused that it isn't in the MCU if they use the same characters, and maybe that's what the, that maybe that was the goal of the separation. Yeah. But I can't see other than that. I can't see an intrinsic value in them not scanning the characters in. I can't see it. I don't know what what what's the what's the value in it. Well, they'd have to they'd have to get those actors to do it. Um, but like, what's that going to cost? I don't like, know. Like too much? Maybe for no. a Marvel game? Maybe I don't know. Like, like don't don't. But I think they want to make their separate universe in the game world. They don't want to be beholden to because I think if you make the the movie characters, then you have to, then it has to be an MCU game. I think they maybe shouldn't have did the Avengers. I think it's still too quick. 
I think, well, I think that they should have done each character because then people would have gotten used to each design, I think. Yeah. Because yeah, they didn't complain about Spider-Man. So because maybe if they did like Iron Man, people wouldn't be like, hey, where's Robert Downey Jr.? And it'd be more time spent on each character design so that if people didn't like the design of, like, if you're playing just an Iron Man game, if people didn't like the design of him, you could more easily change it. But this is four, just four, right? Yeah. Four characters. Well. I can't remember who's in this. Black Widow, Iron Man... Thor, Thor, and Thor Hulk. and Hulk. Hulk and is fine. They they kind of teased Hank Pym. Oh, that's right. He even didn't look like Hank Pym either. <laughs> See, I think I think the problem is is I I think that Spider Man has a history of being in games. The yeah. Avengers do not. And we've also seen three movie Spider Mans. <laughs> we've seen three movie Spider Mans, but the thing is, is like we we do see the Avengers. Not necessarily in the, the form of the Avengers, but we do see the Avenger characters in all, things like Ultimate Alliance. Mm-hmm. But that is, you know, with as far as I remember, it was Iron Man with his like mask down. Like you don't see, you don't see Stark. You don't really see these characters too much. And if you do, they're incidental. It's just like, oh, that's Iron Man. Whatever. Oh, he's gonna close his mask. And we're gonna go shoot things. Like it's really incidental. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like trying to be more intimate with the whole like character drama and stuff like that. And I think that it's harder to. There's something wrong with their hair also in that scene. <laughs> yeah. It looks like everyone has an afro for some reason, but it's like, you know how like when hair in a game glitches and it's like kind of see-through because it's like trying to load or something? They all looked like that to me. It looked very like Lego hair pieces too. Yeah. Like, like, it just, looked, like it was just stuck on them. And it was like poofy wasn't, or wasn't, something. It wasn't natural, yeah. It was really, yeah. it was really... <laughs> and then there's that scene with Tony Stark where he's like all disheveled and got long hair and... Yeah, it's, it was it's just lame. Goofy, yeah. <laughs> I think that. Uh, well, uh, are you gonna get this game? Yeah, even though with the characters as they are. Because I like I understand it's not an MCU game. I, like I I don't like the design of the characters. Yeah, they look weird to me. Yeah, but that's not gonna stop me from playing the game, especially if it's good. The gameplay could be great. We don't know yet. So, I. This is the team too who made the the um the first two rebooted Tomb Raider games, which I really enjoyed. So, I'm hoping they can do something with this. I'm not, I'm not saying anything against the gameplay, but that character design is questionable. It's weird, it's weird yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, this is a new report from the Wall Street Journal that a... What are we, what are we reporting on stocks today? <laughs> Oil surges, <laughs> like, fuck. Well, this new model of, of Switch could boost Nintendo's share price. So, um, we, apparently they're going to get two different new Switch models. One's just going to be like a refined original typical Switch, right? Yeah. Um, and the other, let me see here. I think the other is going to be like a, um, a lower spec model. And that might be the replacement that you're talking about for the 3DS. Okay. Yeah. So they got, so they have two additional. Yeah. See, the thing is, is, is with the switch. Okay. So it says one is, is said to have a similar form factor to the existing model, but feature better components. I was about to say, I wonder if you could do like a Pro version or like a Switch X version. Some Switch 4K? I bet you it's going to go up to 1080 or something. <laughs> like it's going to run 1080 like on the handheld itself or something. Well, what's the handheld? 720? 720, and then docked yeah. is 1080? I think so, for, yeah. for some games, right? I've never docked it, so I can't confirm myself, but yeah. Mm. And The Witcher 3 come to Switch. That's incredible. See, I wonder if this is going to be this whole... I wonder if this is going to be a new 3DS type of deal where some games, which are very rare, are only for the new 3DS or the new 2DS I hope XL. they don't do that, yeah. 
But I wonder if that's what this is. I actually wouldn't be surprised at all. This is the new Switch. That'd be a shame. It's pretty soon after it just launched, though. It's only been out like a few years, right? The, the thing is, though, is if you have an old 3DS, I can't think of anything but like... I know there's two games that I used to know of. I can't remember their names that would only play on the new. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't think of another. So I guess one of the reasons that this has kind of been delayed is that they were going to produce it in China, but then some American tariffs came on and they're now looking for other Asian uh, countries instead of China to produce this thing. But Wall Street Journal reports it is now in production. So they are now making them. Interesting. I might pick one up. I've been waiting for the refresh since I heard the rumors of it. But do you want... So you're going to buy the refresh. You're not going to buy a a lower-priced regular model. No. I think I'd get the refresh. Although, better components, though. What do you think that could be? Better screen, maybe? Better screen, probably. I would assume it's probably tempered glass around the front. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's actually what they use normally. But like... like Is it a a glass display? No, it's plastic. Mm. I put a tempered glass screen protector, but I'm not sure whether it's considered tempered glass on phones by default. Like, I, don't I don't know. I think it's tempered glass. I don't know whether it's something different though, because they use sapphire and crap on the, <laughs> on like the screen, on the, uh, the buttons and stuff like that sometimes, or the camera cover. So like, God knows what they have in there now. But like, it's not a glass. What I mean is like, there's a glass screen on phones, mm-hmm. and I put a like, I it feels good on mine because I put the glass screen protector. But I wonder if they'll actually have a proper. That'd be nice. A proper glass screen. As for the other things, I'm not sure what else they could kind of improve on. Well, that's what I mean is like I wonder if they're just going to keep this form factor forever, and they're just going to they're just going to keep making it more and more robust, like better processor, better RAM, whatever. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, they are they are currently evaluating game streaming technology. So they haven't announced anything officially. Um, we know that Xbox is doing their XCloud thing. PlayStation has PlayStation Now. Google Stadia is coming out. Nvidia has their streaming service. Um, so everyone's wondering where Nintendo is, uh, what they're doing. They said that Nintendo uh, is monitoring the technology, uh, going on to say that for at least for now at least, Nintendo is focusing on physical game sales and sales to the Nintendo eShop. Uh, streaming is certainly interesting technology. Nintendo is keeping a close eye on it, and we're evaluating it. We don't have anything to announce right now in terms of adopting that technology. And then uh, new president of Nintendo of America, Doug Bowser, he has said, um, "Damn it! It's always interesting to see what others are doing in that space. We're always interested in how various new technologies can enable different ways uh, to play games." Well, I can see that. I can see that uh, the Xbox project coming to Switch with that whole like Xbox oh, yeah. Live on Switch thing. Yeah, what the heck, eh? Although, if I remember correctly, I think it's like I think it's like what what is it? It's like I think Cuphead is on Switch. But I think it's just yeah, like in so. the store. I don't think you have to download the Xbox Live app. Unless when you download it, it does. I don't own it, so I don't know. Um, is there an Xbox Live app? That's what I thought they were going it, to be. But I thought the services would just be available to games on Nintendo. I thought it was an Xbox Live app, but it, I I never found it. I didn't see it. But I don't look in the store that often. I imagine you're just like when you're in Cuphead, you're allowed to connect to your probably allowed Xbox to sign profile. in with your yeah. You're probably allowed to sign in with your. The Microsoft account or whatever, yeah, yeah. but like I want, but I wonder if they allow that. I wonder if they're gonna just let Microsoft kind of let them, because then like Microsoft probably as a return would allow you to stream Mario and stuff, but probably only on Switch or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So um, it'd be interesting to see if Nintendo gets into this, but I mean th- they're never worried about new technologies or being late to the party. You know, uh, people buy their consoles regardless because they love their games. So the only thing that's interesting about this is that. We're talking about if if things go all streaming, we're talking about having an investment, an initial investment of less than a hundred dollars. 
a controller, mm-hmm. and then let's say it's being integrated into the TV. So, like, the streaming is in- integrated into your smart TV. So we're talking about literally a shift in how the technology is. So before and and right now, most computing is done locally, right? All the rendering and stuff like that happens on your GPU with your CPU and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. If people literally start, you know, hypothetically losing those components, then they will have to adopt it because they can't like before it was always like they could just be behind but like you know they would still be using those components yeah now those components will be you know virtually not there anymore they'll be gone right they won't be like gaming worthy and all the computing will be happening in the cloud so nintendo's way 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 far behind and their console's 400 dollars even or even if they like stretch it and go to 300 i mean we're talking about we're talking about like that's a big entry price just to play mario and i don't know how well that'll do like right now, it's normal to spend five hundred on a console. If we're talking about in ten years where there is no console and it's a hundred dollars for a controller and maybe the TV hookup, but like what are we like? Like then Nintendo's in trouble because those components are no longer. This is the thing about Nintendo around. though is they they've never really they never they've never really seen the competition to Xbox and PlayStation. They're always the device that the Nintendo fans will always have because they love the games. And so I don't think I think if there's if you're a gamer who does both. You'll have Google Stadia or whatever. Yeah. Right. And if you love Nintendo, you're gonna buy that Nintendo console regardless. Are you gonna it's buy not, it for five hundred though? I don't know about five hundred. See, the but thing is, is like with five hundred, like let's just use a baseline price of five hundred. With five hundred right now, yeah, Nintendo is always different. Like the Switch is obviously a totally different console than the Xbox and the PlayStation, mm-hmm. of course. But they're still in the same vein of hey, we all have consoles. Ours is just different. Now it's like, hey, no one has consoles. What's Nintendo gonna do? Like, hey, we still have a console. And ours is like, it would make total sense if everyone else was around the 500 price point. Because like people, I, I would say that personally, I can justify something like if if the general cost of something that I want, like like across all the competitors is 500 bucks, then, you know, I can spend five, 500, 550. And if I really want something from a particular brand and it's in the same vein, I could pay 600, let's say $100 more. But it'd be outrageous for someone to to come in with an entry cost of of $100 or less probably for Stadia and have all these games and all this crap and then be like, oh, I also, by the way, just to start up my my Mario, before even purchasing Mario, I have to pay four, five, six hundred dollars $600. I don't think they justify it that way. Because if you if you have a PlayStation right now, yeah, and the Switch, yeah, you're already, it, it doesn't matter how much the PlayStation costs. Yeah. They want a Switch for for Mario. But are you saying right now, like you're you're interested in you're interested in a switch? Yeah. Okay. If the PlayStations and the PlayStations and the Xboxes of the world right now were two hundred dollars, and the Switch, I can't remember the price, but let's hypothetically say it's five hundred. Is five hundred? But that's more than the Switch would be. What do you mean? The Switch isn't five hundred dollars. No, no. I'm saying like what I'm trying to say is there's a like hypothetically I don't know all the prices anymore. So there's. Let's but say let's say you're that putting, normally you're putting like, the Nintendo entry price too high though. No, no. What I'm saying is like hypothetically the world today. Yeah. Like like let's make a scenario up. All the consoles have a, bra- a baseline price of 500. Xbox is 500. Sony's 500. You know, PlayStation's 500. And uh, and the, the the Switch is 500. This is hypothetical, right? All of them are 500. Now the streaming generation comes out. So now maybe we're doing it. Maybe you're purchasing a transitionary console where you're mm-hmm. buying like a real small Xbox or a real small like a set top box. A real small set top box Xbox and another one of, of the PlayStation variety. They're now two hundred. Are you going to now go and say, can you justify now? Oh, like I have my favorite console, PlayStation. 
maybe I have my like secondary console, which you do your Xbox. So I have my, you know, they're now 200 because there's a set top box version. Mm-hmm. Place or uh, Switch 2 or whatever the hell it's going to be in the future is still 500 in the same generation. I think people are going to start questioning it because it's it, that is a massive investment. That's massive. Well, I, but I don't know why you're saying 500. What do you mean? Say 300. No, why? What do you mean? Because the switch is only like three hundred American. No, 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 no. What, what I'm, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to lay out here is that, is that no, right, you're, you're right now it, you're giving it an unfair. No, no. It's like, it's like if I said, oh, are you going to buy the next PlayStation? It's a thousand dollars. Well, no. So, am I going to buy a switch if it's five hundred? No. no. What? No. That, that's what I meant by it's a baseline. I'm saying hypothetically, right now, right now, all the consoles are within, the, like, in, in real life, they're within all around the same range. I don't know what the prices are right in real life right now. I couldn't recollect. I can't recollect them right now. Well, American, they're all around four hundred. Okay, I mean, well, I mean, all Canadian, I'm saying Canadian. is, uh, all I'm saying is, hypothetically, they're all 500. Right now, you're considering a Switch. You already own a PlayStation. You already own an Xbox. You're considering a Switch. They're all in the same vein. They're mm-hmm. all 500. Hypothetically, they're all 500. Next generation comes around. Play, Xbox drops to 200. PS5 or whatever drops to 200. The new Switch is still 500. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it it's matters. It's too different. I don't think it matters. I wouldn't do that. But I'm not I'm not the biggest Nintendo fan. But I think to Nintendo fans, okay, who still yeah. who still play on normal consoles as well. Yeah. Or the other consoles, I should say. You know, they're willing to buy whatever Nintendo has to get those games. Is, I think the difference is too much. I I, I don't I, think I don't think the difference matters to them though. But the, I It's I, like saying Nintendo's always wait, been, wait, but it's like saying, "Oh, the PS4 and 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 Xbox One X uh, do 4K gaming? Yeah, the Switch doesn't. Yeah, why would you buy a Switch when you when you have a box that can do 4K? But they're not still... buying it for the price or for the performance. They're right. buying it for the games. But they're buying it in the same vein. I don't 4K, think so. I don't 4K think is because... HD or UHD. The the Switch, but Nintendo the Switch is not... still does UHD or it still does HD. It doesn't do UHD, but it does HD and full HD depending on its mode. Yeah, but I don't think that matters to them. It must because because the. It must because they're they they keep within the same vein, with di- but they're different. Their consoles are usually cheaper. That that's fine. All I'm saying is is right now they're all within the same amount of same amount of price. I I think that personally they'll see a big drop in sales because p- what people will end up doing is the first year of the new Switch. Let's say, you know, we have our hypothetical situation again: the two hundred dollar Xbox and Playstations, and we have the five hundred dollar new Switch. Mm-hmm. Okay. In our hypothetical situation, the first year is only going to have a couple of Nintendo first-party titles. Yeah, these people, you're right, might be Super Nintendo fans. I I estimate, and I'm and I'm estimating. I'm not. I don't have numbers for this. I estimate that they'll look at the prices. Uh, anyone who's playing any sort of third-party title will want to purchase it on Stadia or the new PlayStation or the new Xbox because it's a lower internal. It's a lower price, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lower upcoming price or a lower uh, entry price. They'll wait five years or three years, or two years, for there to be 10 Nintendo titles, then they'll jump into the Switch. But that'll cause panic, and it'll make Nintendo adopt the streaming. That's what I'm saying. Because I would never purchase, and I I even, uh, like, I would say the biggest of fans, of course. The people who are who don't care about $500, of course they're going to buy this stuff, right? That's fine. But what does Nintendo offer it, like they're still they're still operating and they still do in the same vein as everyone else, even though they're always different. 
I don't see. I don't think of them as a competitor, though. I don't. I think they're in a they're a separate vein, is what I think. But then why why would they why would they um, why would they try to follow anyone else? Why would they 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 still they, follow they other don't. people by by they do because they 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 sign on with third party deals because they still want a variety of options for their consumers. Yeah, but that's just normal. Yeah, like, like you're not you're not incorrect, but what I'm saying is is that is that Nintendo Nintendo being like like price is a big freaking part of buying anything. Yes, obviously. Course. Yeah, like it is a big freaking thing that people are going to look at. It sank the PS3. It sank the PS3, and the PS3 is a big freaking console. It was a big console. It was a big entry to the console. But there was there, there was a competitor in that space, which was the Xbox 360. Okay, that was cheaper and still played the same games at the same quality. And had a bunch of exclusives that people enjoyed. Do you think that but in, the Wii was also selling fantastically? Of course, but it was in the same vein. It had a, it was it was no, around it was the same price. No, because it did something new and different. Yeah, the Switch was, is selling great because it's doing something new and different in the same price. I don't. They I don't always, think the price they matters. Always, it, the Wii U. If, if the Wii U did it did it poorly, which means the value because proposition it, it didn't was do less. anything different than than the Wii. Really, yes, it did. Not much. Having its own little console thing, having having you a couldn't second, do anything with. You couldn't take you could, it out of the could, house. You could no, but you could do. You could. Some person could be watching the TV. Some, a lot of people still have only one TV. Yes. Somebody could be watching the TV. Another person could be playing on their freaking Wii U, on their Wii U handheld thing. Now that might be a marketing snafu though, because a lot of people. But then had why no were people buying it like crazy? What the Wii? They weren't buying the Wii U like crazy. But the Wii U sold they horribly. It had it had it had Smash Bros. It had Mario. It had a bunch of different Mario games. No, but again, it I don't. Zelda. I don't think it was. It was a marketing issue. I think. Do you think? Do you think that marketing a console at at five hundred dollars versus the and again hypothetically five hundred dollars versus the competitors two hundred? I think you're introducing bias into the equation that you're when you're putting a five hundred dollar price tag because currently five hundred dollars is above a standard PS4 and Xbox One. But but like what? So, like but I'm, I'm using use, that as use, a baseline. I'm I'm, I'm no, saying but you, but, I'm saying today but, Xbox. I'm saying in my hypothetical that Xbox costs five hundred. PlayStation costs five hundred. But you're creating an unrealistic basis on what we feel is a good price for a console today. I would say that around five hundred is about what people pay for a console. Around five hundred. No, it's not though. That's that's my problem with after with tax. You, with you saying five hundred after tax. Yeah. You don't think that people pay five hundred dollars for a console? If you're buying a, a how much is the how much is a PlayStation three two ninety nine ninety nine in Canada? Uh, huh. not in Canada, no. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like we're talking, we're in Canada, and even then, even then, it's still like ebgames.ca. We just if we literally just want to purchase. I'm I'm even gonna do that. I'm just gonna type in PlayStation four, and we'll take a look at the just like the straight up shopping tab in in Google. And this is google.com actually. So there's an Overwatch Collector's Edition, okay? Mm-hmm. This is just a game, $234, okay? So fair enough. So like, we're talking about high prices now. PlayStation 4 Slim, one terabyte gaming console, $379.99. That's 400 Not with tax. It's around 400 <laughs> No, but but even then, like, like I'm not introducing bias no, when, I, when I'm saying in my hypothetical. 500 okay, people. All right, all right, they're all 400 then. Let's move the five hundred. Okay, they're all four hundred then. Okay, hooray! The other one's double now. Yes, that's outrageous. People didn't buy the Wii U because it didn't have a good value proposition. It stayed alive due to the fans, but it didn't do well. They had to cut a model months in or a year in or something. Yes, they had to cut that white model, that lower model. They had to cut it, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. 
you're you're saying that that Nintendo doesn't need to adopt the streaming. I'm saying that if everyone starts getting <laughs> going into streaming and having a much lower entry cost, which is what this is doing, it's actually a much more expensive over time, but it's a much lower entry cost. If we if we are introducing more subscriptions, which we probably will be. I I I think people I think Nintendo is going to get kicked to the curb then. I don't, I can't see that happening. I don't, so you're saying I, you're I saying that somebody would be willing to spend an additional three hundred dollars, let's say, on Mario because they got to buy the game. So that's a, in, in Canadian prices, that's approximately one hundred dollars. And then you're talking about an additional two hundred dollars in our four hundred dollar baseline price scenario. So they're for for Mario, all in. They're going to spend four hundred on the console, which is two hundred more than everyone else, and a hundred dollars on the game. Yeah. For Mario, well, you, no, well, you think people well, are going to do that? No, but it's not just for Mario. It's for the they do something different with the console. The Wii U, the Wii U didn't. Yeah, and it failed. No, the Wii U did do something different. The Wii U did not did not provide enough value in its innovation. The Wii U was innovative. That's fine. All I'm saying is I don't think that people buy the Wii or buy Nintendo products yeah. based on the price of Xbox and and PS4. I disagree with that. I you think the only reason I completely disagree they with buy that. a Switch is because it is similarly priced? No, that's not the only reason. But that's a big reason in your mind. Absolutely. It has to be priced within the market. That's the market expectation. If in our hypothetical, if the PlayStation and the, and the, if, the if, if the set-top boxes, that's what I'm going to call them, if the set-top box version versions of the next-generation Xbox and the next-generation PlayStation are $200, the entry cost is literally half of that $400 scenario. Mm-hmm. People are not going to pay double to play to play Mario. I'd, I don't think it's they will. It's not just for Mario. What else? Whatever innovation they do with their next-gen console. The Switch is selling because it is doing something different. That's why they're the buying Switch is, those. The Switch is selling because it's mobile. Yeah. At the end of the day here, yes, it's innovative with the different Joy-Cons and stuff like that. I would say the excitement is the fact that it's mobile. Not yeah. that the Joy-Cons necessarily come off. If the Joy-Cons didn't come off, I could see them still selling a bunch. Maybe, yeah. Like, maybe less. But it's still or, doing something different than PS4 or Xbox One. But which it, are just powerhouses. That's well, all they are. Think, think about this, though. It's like... It's like like, you don't consider certain. I don't know what's what, what's something that's expensive. You don't consider certain certain uh, cars is a good one with a massive different price range. You can get like a three thousand dollar car, like even Canadian Canadian dollars. You can get a three thousand dollar used car. You can literally go up to like a million dollars for some specialty car. You don't even consider those specialty cars. Now I understand that this is a much smaller scale, but now we're talking about oh, well, Nintendo has a cool innovation. Their controller detaches even more now, or something. It's like that's not worth two hundred dollars when they're not consi- when they're not concerned with performance, which they've never been concerned with performance. Yeah. So you're getting an underperforming console that has less third party titles, relies more on first party that won't be abundant at launch, with probably a proprietary format, meaning that the little SD card thing, for more money than everyone else. Yeah. And people are gonna go and buy that, you think, on mass. You know, I don't think it'll. Be, I, think I think it'll be I like more like Wii U. Not. I don't think. I'm not saying no one's gonna buy it. It would be more like Wii U, not not Wii or not Switch. Hmm. I don't know. The 3DS dropped its price, and a bunch of people bought it. I bought it when it dropped this price. Yeah. One seventy nine ninety nine in Canada. Yeah. But 
it's it's most it was most definitely a handheld, and as a result, it was a secondary console, right? It's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a tertiary thing. It's a side thing. It's a handheld. It's not a main powerhouse. Okay, let's say I agree with you. Okay, but you also believe that there will be game or hard, hardware from. Sony and Microsoft. Yes. That also run the games on their system. Yes. Those systems will be your four hundred or five hundred dollar price. Yes, that's fine. So will Nintendo not still be fine? Then they'll be fine, yes. I'm I'm literally talking in the scenario of you're saying that Nintendo doesn't bother itself with keeping up with stuff. Yeah. If Microsoft and X and Sony go completely streaming or mostly streaming and they release cheap, cheap set top box solutions. That will force Nintendo to join the streaming revolution because they they are innovative, but they always stay within the same vein as everyone else. Oh, everyone's going HD. They're late, but they go HD. Everyone everyone is going. Um, everyone is going. Like everyone's talking about mobile games. They start making mobile games, and then they make their console mobile. So that's their innovation. But they they still have the dock to keep it as a home console, and then it's even better graphics as 1080p now. I think it's hard to make predictions because Nintendo's track record is so spotty. So we all know the NES and SNES were were like pretty revolutionary consoles for their time. Sure, they were the big thing of that era. Sure. Um, then when do you start to get to the N sixty four? I heard did not sell well. That's I think that's correct because it was uh, apparently it was expensive. Yeah, and then the GameCube did not sell well as far as I I know. Right. Um, and then the Wii seemed to be a fluke. It was an underpowered console compared to the other guys. Yeah, didn't have HD, but it had something that everyone obsessed over: the motion controllers. Motion controllers. Yeah. Okay, and so it sold hundred million plus. It sold a whole bunch. Then the Wii U comes out, does horrendously. Yeah. And then the Switch comes out, which is really just a portable Wii U. Yes. And it takes off. How do you make a prediction on what happens with that company going forward? Well, I, I think I think it's the it's the staying in the same vein idea. It's yes, they'll do an innovation that we that is unpredictable. Meaning, in this case, it was the mobile and the Joy Cons and that whole the whole mobile setup. Is an unpredictable piece. I mean, actually, I predicted it. If you listen way back on the show, I said, I said, basically invented the switch on the show. But um, <laughs> it's like word for word. I said we need Nintendo like a, we need a, we need a tablet. <laughs> we need a tablet that has a dock. I remember saying that. But but no, it's like it's like yes, it's yes. The innovation itself is is unpredictable because it is that is an innovation. However, they're always in the same vein. So Nintendo like that, Nintendo this started. Question though, why didn't the Wii U work? The Wii U didn't work because it wasn't a good value proposition. the the For account what, The account was there was a whole bunch of problems, right? Like we had accounts locking to the hardware, where it was like I like my Wii U broke and I lost my that we that Nintendo account. But was that gone, a concern to new buyers though? I don't know if they knew. About okay, that. well maybe not. Okay, well, but that's a problem. That that's one ding in the record, even if it's small. Okay, the fact that it wasn't just mobile. Okay, that's weird. But it was still innovative, but it's still weird. Mm-hmm. The fact that it wasn't marketed well, it's another problem. The fact that it had two tiers, and the one tier was, like, literally useless. Like, if you bought that other console, you had to buy more storage. It was a pain in the ass, right? Like, I don't know anyone who has a white Wii U. Yeah, You know true. what I'm trying to that's say? That's true, yeah. 
and so what we're doing is is people even though they're even though people will claim though we're fanboys and this that and the other thing we're gonna buy mario and stuff like that at the end of the day they're gonna compare it if they're gamers in general like there's always the exceptions every rule but if they're gamers in general they're gonna look and they're gonna say my xbox or my playstation is way better for the price than a wii u i ain't fucking buying that and they did this, and the PlayStation is a, is a prime example of that. PlayStation is a big entry. They thought, oh, we're we're big enough that we can go out at seven hundred dollars. They got killed. It killed them in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They had to adjust it. They had to because that that you outpriced the market. People are like, fuck this. I'm going to the Xbox, even though the Xbox is broken. The three sixty <laughs> at the time was broken. We're gonna yeah. go Xbox. Yeah, it killed them. But the Wii U is was in the same vein as the PS3 and three sixty at the time. Way underpowered. Way underpowered. No, but so is so is the Switch compared to the PS4. But it's also it's, this is what it, I'm saying. Nintendo is po- impossible to predict because you don't know when their people are going to buy those but, systems. But the Switch, the Switch is also different. The Switch does 720p, so like 720p is relatively like that. That probably helps a fair bit, and 1080p to be honest probably helps a fair bit when we're talking about con- some consoles can go up to 4K, right? So it, that probably helps a fair bit with performance because you're rendering less pixels and all that stuff, of course, right? Mm-hmm. That probably helps a fair bit. Then we're talking about. Then we're talking about like, right now computing is kind of like, computing can like take off and whatever. But like you can keep an older computer running for a longer uh, longer amount of time. The same with that logic. The same goes for a console. Mm -hmm. So like people can bring people can bring um, people can bring like games like older games like The Witcher is an older game. They can figure out how to like you know tweak it and maximize the performance with the with older two components, and they can put it back in there. Yeah. Whereas something like the Wii U was so underpowered, like it was it was underpowered below the PS3, and the PS3 couldn't do party chat <laughs> while the game was happening. <laughs> yeah. So like, how do you even like why even bother at that point? I don't. Again, I don't know if that's a concern to their their consumers. Well, maybe not be a concern to their consumers, but it's a concern for them because if no one buys the console, then third parties don't jump on. If there's no games for the console, then people don't buy the console. Mm-hmm. Only the hardcores buy the console. And therefore, like I bought but one I'm, launch I, day because I, I thought am, it was going to be awesome. But I am curious, though. How many people are playing those third-party games on Switch? Probably a bunch. Yeah? If people are excited for if people are excited for things like like Witcher, yeah. Because you got to remember here, what, what, you're, what you're essentially doing is you're saying... You know, but back in the day, it was like in, back in the day, meaning just like a few few short years ago, it's like Skyrim 2011. It comes out. That thing is a console, a home console, or a PC experience. The most mobile you can get out of that thing is literally bringing it with you via a gaming laptop. That's the most mobile you're going to get out of it. Now it's like Skyrim on the Switch. This is a mobile console, mobile. You know, I don't know if it's considered mobile first, but it has a bunch of mobile components. You know, it's made for mobile, and it can be plugged in to your TV, like a regular home console. You can just literally, literally pick that game up by unplugging it from the dock, walking out, and just having it with you. Mm-hmm. That's the innovation. That's that's why people got got excited for it. That's why game devs started jumping on and people started buying it. That's what I think will keep them alive. If they can figure out a way, let let's say this is the the dreaded scenario of Xbox and PS4 go all streaming, all okay. in on streaming next gen. Well, we well, know they're not, but in the future. Okay. okay. The thing that will keep Nintendo alive is they, if they can do something different enough, like the Switch did, that gets people to buy it. Now, if they just come out with another Switch 2, you know, yeah. it might, you're right, people might not buy it when there, there's a, a cheaper option for, for those games. Sure. But I think if they can find a way 
to do something that excites people, they'll buy a $400 console from Nintendo. Regardless yeah, of the price of the streaming service, it's got to be one hell of a thing if they're that if if they're that far off. But like clearly, it, that's what sells their consoles is the innovation. It's, but, so it's but what it's sold innovation the Wii, with, with, and it's what sold the Switch. It's innovation price within the market. If, if if the Switch was literally just the dock itself, and it was that it was as powerful it is as it is right now, and it was sold at the price point that it is right now, and it's com- it's comparable right to the other consoles. If it was sold as a home console only, that was as powerful as it is. That ain't well, really gonna fly. I would also like to see the demographics of of who's buying the Switch. Is it a lot of kids who get it from their parents? You maybe, know, maybe yeah. I don't know who might not actually even care about PS4 and Xbox One. Or is it how many how many truly hardcore Nintendo fans are there? A million or two or more? You know, what's the number? I don't know. It's a good question because because like the Wii U like survived but like barely yeah, and so it's like what kept it alive was it the hardcores was it sales like what the hell kept it alive? Well, the sales of the consoles is always boosted when like a big like when Smash launched or something like that. But see that 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 almost proves in of itself. It's like some people are only fans of certain Nintendo titles, and with that being said, with every Nintendo title that comes out. If you're a Nintendo fan, the value proposition increases. First game, you know, it's not a massive value proposition. Two games, okay, now it's getting better. Three, four, five, okay, now we're talking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now we're talking five really big games. All right, let's hop into our last story. So this is the ongoing debate over microtransactions. Um, so Fortnite and EA uh, had some of their people show up at, a, at, uh, at the, at the UK, UK government to defend loot boxes and microtransactions. These executives included EA Vice President of Legal and Government Affairs, Kerry Hopkins, and EA UK uh, Country Manager, Sean Campbell, as well as Epic Executives, Matthew Wessinger, Director of Marketing, and Canon Pence, General Counsel. Look at all these guys. Bring in their legal uh, team. A whole legal team of all these big companies. Whole fucking lawyer team. They spent more than two hours answering uh, questions about their games and and how they handle loot boxes and microtransactions. Um... The big, the big, uh, the big quote taken away from this whole event was said by EA, who um, described their microtransactions as not microtransactions, but uh, what did they say? Surprise, surprise mechanics. And they said it's similar to toys that come with surprises, such as Kinder eggs and Hatchimals. Technically, they're not wrong. My argument there is that you get like something else with it. What the chocolate? You mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a guaranteed thing with it. But are you buying it for that? It's, it's, I buy for the chocolate. It's the same question of the... <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know how mystery they are, but the McDonald's Happy Meal used to always be like, you, here's one of... You know, you get one of six toys. But you, you're buying something else and you get the surprise as a bonus. It's almost incentive to buy it. But for the kid, for the picky kid, they're there for the toy. They're not there for the, the meal, the chicken McNuggets or whatever it is. I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. I liked McDonald's when I was a kid, so I just wanted McDonald's, and the toy was like a good side thing. So I always got the Happy Meal. I was a pretty picky kid, and I was just there for the toy. (laughs) Anyway, they said that loot boxes are quite ethical. (laughs) So that's a weird way to put that. I I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, they uh, they talked about how loot boxes have been considered like I guess reasonable or not not forms of gambling uh, in several countries around the world. I mean, that's a good point. People enjoyed being surprised, and this is no different in video games with loot boxes. 
It's just weird to like. It's it's always goofy when someone says it's not uh, gambling; it's surprise mechanics. See, you like, know, it's like you're just using like jargon here to kind of to kind of hide, you know, what is now seen as like bad. You know what I mean? I mean, the thing is, is like maybe in, maybe in terms of the law, that the word surprise is better for that type of thing. Yeah. Maybe, but I'm, like, I'm not shooting you. I'm just putting holes in you. Yeah, I didn't kill it's you. Like, the, the bullet <laughs> in the fall did, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just goofy to me. But anyway, um, I wonder how long this fight's gonna last, and I wonder how it's gonna end. Well, I would say microtransactions are less predatory. I would say they're predatory sometimes in the manner of if it, if it appears that a game is missing content, like obvious content that either was cut from the game or just generically should have been in the game, even if it was considered after, and then they sell it to us later after paying you know a f- fairly hefty price tag, which like I said, it's around a hundred dollars in Canada, ninety something after tax for a, you know a brand new retail game generally. Mm-hmm. So we're talking console game here too, by the way. Um, because some of those PC titles come out pretty cheap, but it's one of those it's one of those things where I mean you can be predatory in some in some industries. Like, is the gas industry not predatory? And so it's like we don't like it as consumers. We don't like anything that takes money from our wallet. But like, can you not be predatory? <laughs> right. Are drug companies well, not predatory? I think it's more the. I think people are more looking at this as like a moral stance. Like for kids? Is that what they're saying? Are, think, they, are they worried about kids playing games? Well, yeah, because gambling is legal for adults, clearly. Right. Right. But when you have these toys that are seen as these fun games. Well, legal play, within certain parameters. Yes. But when you see these they, these video games that are, they I guess, considered toys that are fun to play and and you get excitement from it. And um, it's when, when you include that into the equation, I think, that uh, concerns people. I don't know about the, see thing things like like my my opinion as a consumer is I don't like loot boxes I don't like microtransactions I don't mind DLC if it's if it's have, if it has a good value proposition I don't mind paying extra for something when somebody makes a whole new world like Shivering Isles or something like that that attaches to my existing experience and essentially like it expands upon it rather than me waiting for a whole new game to come out like a, a sequel come out or something mm-hmm. I'm fine with that type of stuff because it's like it's like you know dollar for dollar here. See, like one of the things that I don't, what I don't like is, it's predatory in that I disagree that maybe you're paying your artist forty dollars an hour, and that artist takes one hour to make a weapon. Now it's probably more than that. Let's just say they take ten hours, so it's four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So the the company is out four hundred dollars. Maybe it's way more. Maybe it's way less to make like an axe skin. And then you try to sell that axe skin for $30. People might say, like, well, that's a pretty good deal. Not really when millions of people are being sold this item. Well, we, we also had that, that one infamous story about the um, Mass Effect Andromeda where some guy paid $30,000 for one thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's like, that how would, does... That would, that would cover that entire work that guy did. That's his entire salary. Like, how do you, like, how does that even, like, how, how do you even spend that much in a game? Like, like, I think, I think this is where the, the predatory thing comes in. Like, admittedly, you could purchase, like, if you take it in the real world, you could purchase $30,000 worth of gas, but like, you need a heck of a lot of freaking you know, places to store that gas. This is like a digital item that mm-hmm. like, you know, may or may not be consumable. And so it might just go away as you use it. That might, that might play into it too, that we don't value digital goods as much as physical goods. 
if I had a, uh, if there was like a little toy horse, you know, in a store somewhere, yeah, you'd pay $15 for that toy horse. But when you buy a digital toy horse, people think $15 is too much. Well, I think, I think it, I think it's because it's, it's the, I think part of it is the law of, of supply and demand, even if it's more subconscious, this is unlimited supply. It's, it's an, there's an unlimited <laughs> supply. That you're literally copying that file and like sending it over, or yeah. like you know, letting somebody download it. Yeah. You downloaded a copy of it, and yes, digital goods can. There's like always the argument of like, well, Green Man Gaming can sell out. Yes, but that's due to codes. <laughs> right. But you could go to the actual source of the game and probably buy it, right? Epic or Steam or whoever. And and if something's new, like let's say like a new toy came out. It's, yeah, it's essentially unlimited. They're going to produce as many as they need to sell. Like a real toy? Yeah, they're never going to say, "Oh, we ran out of stuff. Sorry, we can't." I don't sell know. Any about, I stuff. I don't know if I'd agree with that because the things like that Power Armor Edition was like highly. But that was a limited edition thing. Yeah, that was highly. But what I'm like, saying is, limited. a new Lego set comes out. They're yeah. not going to run out of that Lego set as long as people are buying it. You know what I mean? Chances are, yeah, you're right. You're never going to like go to a store and be like, oh, we're sold out, and you call up Lego. No, we don't. Sorry, can't make that anymore. But it is it is harder to get, like, if you didn't know about it or if you got into Lego late. It's way too long, yeah. But see, that that's the thing is is that's what they're basically doing with digital goods is digital goods are digital goods are generally not valued as much, and so to add value to it, they add limited availability to it, like with timed events and that type of thing. And that's the thing. That's why they're doing that is because they're trying to get you to come in and play, play mm-hmm. try to get you to come in and use the stuff because then you then you start associating a value with it. Yeah. Like if you started grind, like a, a good example is Fallout 76. It's relatively difficult to, and I know some people are going to be like, no, it's easy. Well, that's nice. Call <laughs> me up and we'll have a discussion about it. Um, it's relatively difficult to get ballistic fiber in the volume that you need to reliably always repair stuff with the workbench repair. Mm-hmm. So now they offer, you know, you can purchase with Adams, which is a premium currency repair kits. As a result of that, like that item wouldn't exist. Like that's why they didn't increase the amount of ballistic fiber in the world because now they're like, oh, well, let's just, you know, repairs, the demand for repair is up. Mm-hmm. Let's just charge money for it. Mm-hmm. And like that type of stuff is kind of like that type of stuff is like kind of like predatory at that point. And I think it does depend on how much you value your money. But no, but what? But like also time though. And how much time, time yes. do you spend with getting ballistic fiber to only get a, a, a small amount? Let's say you play the game a lot, so you you know you get a fair you know, you you can get a fair bit in the game, mm-hmm. but it's every twenty four hours and then it'll respond. So you have to go back. Yeah. So like let's say you do pay, play a fair bit and you use up all your ballistic fiber. Now we're talking about being on a leash of, do you need to do this weird thing where you like constantly create new armor to like, like, like it's weird. Like you're kind of like hacking around the system, but you're kind of working around it or, or should you just purchase repair kits? And I think that that's the value proposition of people being like, well, I play this game all the time. I'm just going to buy repair kits so mm-hmm. I can just repair stuff. But I'm just saying like, I, I noticed that um, before I had a stable job with a steady income, yeah, I, I kind of disliked microtransactions more. Of course. But once I got that job, I've now find found myself buying microtransactions. But like like regularly, like I think that's the question. <laughs> of like every single time you hit a wall of any capacity or, or you see wall, something though. that you it's, like, it, are you just buying it? It's more something I like, yeah. But are you doing that every single time or are you thinking about it? It, 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 it's, a, it's multiple factors. It's like it has to be with obviously with a game I like. Right. So like I, I did it for Overwatch. I've done it for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, and I've done it for Fortnite. So it's games I spend time with and care about. 
So yeah, at the but, same, but I, I I consider it less whether I want to actually buy something or not. It's now like, oh, I like that, buy it. I think that comes with anything though. It's like if you, you know, that that's why people who get rich buy a fancy car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's just something that people do. A big house, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's just sort of like because you're like, oh, I have an abundance, I'm gonna go buy an abundance. You know, but I. But there's a lot of people out there who like buy one game and that's their game. You know. But like, like because yeah, they can only afford a, a few games is, per year. That axe skin is not worth forty dollars. No, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is not worth forty dollars. You can yeah. you can tell me it is. Like, like one of the one of the classic things people say, and like I'll watch like a fair bit of like antique selling shows to, to prove my age here, like an old man. But like I watch a fair bit of like antique selling shows, and like one of the things is is like they always say that something's only worth what someone's going to pay for it. Now, I understand that people are like literally paying for this, but I feel like they're they almost feel like they're obligated to because it's instant satisfaction, it's instant uh, gratification because it's right there, it's digital. That's the predatory. Aspect. But if you if even if it's Amazon Prime where it's one or two day shipping, that part like sure there's gonna be a little bit more impulse buy when it's one or two day shipping maybe, but it's still a delay, and people are still going to be like, oh, I don't really want need this, I don't need to, and you know, I'm not going to be at home, I'm not going to be there ready to grab the package or whatever. The heck with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to do this because I got to go and physically pick up a good. Whereas, whereas like a digital good is like, oh, good. Now I have this. You know, it's just too instant. And so people are like, I can't believe, like I personally seriously can't believe the amount of money people spend on microtransactions. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Like how, how the fuck are we, are we selling things like that John Wick, that John Wick skin? Like I had to put a fair, like a decent amount of money into it. But I also saved up a bunch of V bucks, right? I had yeah. a bunch already saved because I wanted that skin. Um, but it's like, if I had to buy that thing outright, like, what are we to, what are we doing? Like, that's like buying another game, and that's one skin. Yeah, it's one skin. I have like fifty skins or something. I have a bunch of skins. This is the weird thing about um, about games in the U.S. Though is that they haven't increased their price in over ten years, and that's unusual, I think. See, but the thing is, though, is... is so the games are more expensive to produce. Yeah. And they never increase the price. Is the amount of demand going up? For games, yeah. Well, then, then problem solved, right? It's a law of supply and demand. If, there's, if the demand is going up, but the price is staying the same, it's probably because the demand is increasing at a steady enough rate that, that the price is remaining the same. Now, yes, maybe they're taking more of a loss and then trying to make money on microtransactions, which they make more on. But if they're looking to be less predatory, in my opinion, because some people will say that microtransactions are not predatory, but in my opinion, in general, not always, they are to an extent because of the price point generally. It's the price, yeah. It's the goddamn price. Yeah. I, I asked you guys this. I said, how much, like, if you if, if, if microtransactions weren't 30, 40, 10 even dollars, right? If they weren't 10 and up dollars and they were 99 cents, how many microtransactions would you buy? I'd be buying them left, right, and center. And I probably would be doing the same thing as well. Now, I would the, have restraints, but... That was the whole iTunes model. Yes. You know. The the Pokemon Go model is, is a prime example of that. You want to raid more to get this Pokemon because there's like a random chance of you getting it when you do these raids. It's 99 cents to do a raid pass, mm-hmm. or you can sometimes buy in a special bundle, a special bundle, like a special bundle of stuff that includes a, a bulk amount of raid passes, right? One raid pass per one play, and you get one free a day. That's, that's what it is, right? Yeah. So... They're kind of keeping you on that leash, but it's 99 cents a piece. I estimate that, yes, there's obviously the hardcore fans, but if someone were to, or if Niantic were to change it such that you had to buy the $20 or $30 pack to to get raid passes, even though you still get more, like maybe they're worth it, like 99 cents, like like they're 99 cents each, 
and you buy them in these packs, they're like, you know, less. They're like 80 cents each or something like that, if you do the math, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say Niantic says, all right, we're pulling out the, the 99 cent raid passes, but we want to only offer you a pack of them. Yes, some people will do it, but it's still more predatory than allowing somebody to only pay 99 cents. It's like the bulk buying thing. And that's what loot boxes are doing, is they're causing people to bulk buy things because they're trying to buy something that has a random chance of them of, of them obtaining it. Yeah. And yeah, people can say, like, it's the surprise or something like that. I think that's bullshit. But also, comparing it to Kinder Surprises, that's like a, what, two buck, $2 toy? $2 chocolate? You know what I mean? Or less than that, even? And you wouldn't buy a Kinder Surprise for some kid that's allergic to chocolate, <laughs> as a prime example. If they can't consume the chocolate, you're not buying them a Kinder Surprise. Like, you're not cracking the Kinder Surprise open, washing the thing, and then handing the kid the little pod thing with the toy in it. But, yeah. And you're not, you're not like, craving that, that one Kinder Surprise toy, you know? Oh, I need this one. I really need it badly, so I'm going to buy 10,000 Kinder Surprises in general, just to get yeah, it. In general, people that don't do that. necessarily happen, yeah. But anyway, that's all the time we got, man. Thanks for joining me. We could probably do like an eight and a half hour episode on my fucking microtransactions. That's why I'm fascinated just for the this fight to end. I want to see where it ends up. But it, it, that ends in the U.S. We're in Canada, so it's even different. Yeah. Well, that was the U.K. That, that Raise the debate. price of the games, I think. I mean, that would increase ours even more, and ours is pretty expensive. I'd, be, I'd, 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 say, they, I'd say they'd be priced at one twenty nine ninety nine before tax. Oh my god! I mean, I wouldn't stop playing games. Oh, uh, maybe not. Maybe not before tax. That pretty. That probably hurts, after tax. That hurts a lot, though. But the thing is, though, is is it's it's a psychological hurt. And it, what sucks is, is a lot of people that I know don't really buy microtransactions or buy them very few. If the game was better for being being a little bit more, then I'd be more okay with it. Yeah. Because I'm because like something like I mean, obviously Fortnite was free, but imagine paying again close to one hundred Canadian dollars from Fortnite. And then also buying, like, if you were to purchase that John Wick scene outright, mm-hmm. you know, that's over $40, I think it was, Canadian. That's why people really get angry when you when you buy the game, and then there's freemium-type content like that in there. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Shadow of War was a good, was a good, I think, uh, is that the second one? Yeah. Shadow of War is a pain in the ass. Like, those stupid premium things, this is useless. Mm-hmm. Buying premier orcs, so I just, what, so I just don't have to play then? <laughs> yeah. That was the funny part, that they, like... Just buy, buy your way past the whole point of the game. Yeah, so I'm just going to buy myself <laughs> to the end and then so I can get to the credits? Like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> you really want to see those credits, yeah. Apparently. All right, thanks for joining me, Matt. Um, we're on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Patchmedia. We stream every Wednesday, or try to at least, around 8 p.m. What are we, so, what uh, are we streaming right now? We stream 76, 76 yeah. for a bit. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing live. Which got uh, Marty, and Marty and Laura excited for it. They, they want to jump on the, the 76 train. Oh, they were watching it? Yeah, especially with the Wastelanders update coming out in the fall, so. Be a good time. I'm worried about that it. update. <laughs> I know I'm fucking worried about that yeah, update. But you have reason to be cynical. Correct. Yeah. All right, we'll see you. Peace!